The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we'd love for you to stop by and worship with us. So just stop by the building and say hi, check it out, you know, feel the consciousness of love, peace, harmony, and prosperity, and just to get to know us better. We'd love to have you stop by. I'm in the midst of a series called A New Earth, uh, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, A New Thought Perspective. And I have requested that everyone who follows along with this series actually purchase the book A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. The reason being is, well, one, I think it's a great read. I think it's one of the best books I've ever read on actually tackling the issues within human consciousness, um, the ego, human personality, or whatever term you like to use. And the second reason is, obviously, I want you to be free. So maybe when you become aware of some of the things that maybe were blind spots before about actually reading it and, and starting to have some level of contemplation and self-reflection, you can see how maybe some of these things are issues that are that you're working with as well. And through the application of working with the principles of truth, you can uh, free yourself of those limitations. Uh, lastly, is I simply can't teach the whole book and, you know, chapter by chapter in one week. And at the beginning of the show, when I was planning this show, rather way before I actually um, started teaching it, I thought I could do it. But I realize now that this book to really, really get into it will require um, a significant amount of time. Not because the book is actually that big. It's not that big of a book, to be honest with you. You know, but there's there's a quantity and then there's quality. And this is a quality book. It's a quality book that tackles um, the sense of who people think they are. And. Books like that that are not just saying, teaching you this is how you get what you want, which 
a lot of um, self-help books are. And I believe that and teach that. But actually drilling down on the the structures of the human consciousness that need to fall and actually going right in at it, not necessarily avoiding or or sugarcoating information in any way, shape or form makes this book very unique. And it, it, he spends the whole time dealing with breaking down the structures of the ego so a person can live from their authentic spiritual nature. So I strongly suggest you get the book at Cartole. Obviously, the book is being taught on Oprah's TV show right now. Um, currently, I believe they just finished the 10th the, the chapter of DVRs them all. And it's been online and on all different type of things. I mean, the book is, is a New York Times bestseller. But more importantly, it's a book that helps people awaken to themselves. Helps. It's not the book. The book is just a finger pointing at the moon. If you concentrate on the moon, you miss all the heavenly glory. Now, today I'm teaching from the chapter Breaking Free, which is chapter six. And, you know, before I actually get into the chapter, I wanted to read a couple of things. Uh, uh, one is the word break, breaking free. So what does break mean? Break means to smash, to split, to divide, to dissolve, to annul. So I think in this, from this standpoint, we're, we're dissolving, we're annulling, we're splitting, we're dividing from uh, anything that could keep us in bondage. Any thought, any feeling, any belief. I'm not talking about people, places, and things. I'm talking about thoughts, beliefs, concepts, ideals. And then there's the word free. And free means liberty, release from bondage, imprisonment, or restraint. So when you break to get free, breaking free, because breaking means it's something that's actually happening right now. So as you're working with this show, as you're doing the work, as you're doing the prayer work and the reading, etc., you're breaking free. As H.M. Lee Cady states in Lessons of Truth, and I use this quote over and over again because I believe it's so true in primary. Which he says, all men believe themselves to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. So when we have this belief that we're in um, that we're in bondage to the human experience, we act from that standpoint. Our actions are consistent with our context. So if this is how we see the world, this is how we see ourselves, this is how we see life, then we're going to act consistently with how we see life. No one acts inconsistently from how they see life in any given moment. You know, that that, that might change sometimes multiple times in a day, but normally it's a general worldview. Now, the author states on page 161, the beginning of Breaking Free, that the beginning of freedom from the pain body lies first of all in the realization that you have a pain body. Then more important in your ability to stay present enough, alert enough to notice the pain body in yourself as a heavy influx of negative emotion when it becomes active. When it is recognized, it can no longer pretend to be you and live and renew itself through you. Now, some of this, if you don't understand, you need to go back and listen to the last show. But more importantly, read the last chapter, chapter five, where he goes into detail about the pain body. I'm defining the pain body from the standpoint of it being an adverse state of consciousness. 
made up of emotional energy around a story or subject. So in other words, this human, you know, we have these stories that we have. This is the way this is. This is the way this is. Our perceptions, our beliefs, our concepts, our ideals, our ideologies, our biases, our prejudices, etc. And not only do we uh, have these thoughts, but see, they develop states of consciousness. Within, and, and they reside in the subconscious mind. Therefore, they're unconscious. So as the book goes on later, and we'll talk about it, until they're triggered, we don't sometimes know that they're there. And then they pop up, and then we start acting a fool many times because we didn't even know that that state of consciousness was within us. It was suppressed. It was hiding. It only comes up every once in a while. You know, it's sort of like, um, you know, people who have peace within their job or relationships or whatever. And then, um, issues pop up, create drama and then kind of go away. That's something that's because this, these adverse states of consciousness are being activated. And we have to get to the point where we realize that, to truly be free, we have to know who we are as spiritual beings because the, the way the human being is conditioned to live is in a state of duality. Therefore, it shows up as suffering and bondage and whatever. And I'm not using human being from the standpoint of everyday vernacular. I'm using human being from the standpoint of a state of consciousness that believes that we're only um, um, our, what our five senses can detect. And what is real is what our five senses can detect and our logic in uh, human logic and intellect can reason to be true or not true. Joel Goldsmith says it this way in the book Realization of Oneness. Now, this is um, page 24. Now, I'm going to read a lot of this and then I'm because I want to make sure you get the context. So please bear with me because I think it's important for me to read all of it. Freedom is the normal and natural state of the Son of God. The person who has realized his spiritual nature and identity and who lives by the spirit cannot be limited in any way. There is no way to confine spiritual being. On the other hand, a human being can never escape slavery because slavery is the natural state of the human being. A human being is destined to be in slavery throughout all his days. He can never know freedom. Therefore, the only hope a human being has is to rise out of his humanhood. The dignity of the individual demands freedom. Freedom from political and religious domination, wage domination, from every form of domination, including the most enslaving of all, the domination of the body. Even those who have achieved a measure of freedom from all other forms of slavery, slavery finally must acknowledge that they are slaves of the body. They live within its confines, and the body is a hard taskmaster. The body tells us when it is healthy and when it is sick. It tells us how much walking we can do and how much running. It tells us how many hours a day we can work. We seem to have no control over the body. It has control over us. We obey its mandates and are limited by its demands. This is not natural. This is not normal. And this is not the birthright of man. This condition has been imposed upon the human race that lives in ignorance of the principles that will make it free. Freedom, however, does not come by fighting evil. It does not come by overpowering error, nor does it come by appealing to some unknown God to come down out of the sky to rescue us, rescue us from our vile prisons. It does not come through warfare of any name or nature. Freedom comes through enlightenment, 
And that enlightenment comes through opening our consciousness to that which cannot be seen, heard, tasted, touched, or smelled to a power invisible, a power that does not war with other powers, but dissolves everything that appears in the nature of an enemy, whether without our being or within. The enlightenment that sets us free, first of all, in knowing that there is a divine power equally present in every individual, regardless of his nationality, race, or religion, regardless of whether he lives in freedom or slavery, whether he is in prison or out, in a hospital or not. Within each of us, there is this potential, this spiritual impulse, this kingdom, this presence and power, which the master revealed would set us free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, not the sword, not a revolution, not a rebellion, and not fighting people, governments, or outside prison keepers, but the quietly and gently realizing that slavery and limitation are within ourselves, the result of our ignorance of true being, and that the remedy, therefore, must also be within us. So, Goldsmith is saying for us to be truly free, we have to realize who we are as spiritual beings. And therefore, stop us uh, mentally associating and and thinking that we are the pain, the emotions and the experiences that we've uh, accumulated. You are not your experiences. You have experiences. You are not your thoughts. You have thoughts. You are not your emotions. You have emotions. You are not your beliefs. You have beliefs. But unfortunately, what we think, feel and believe express in our uh, life, world, and affairs, as as or, or or create and attract into our life, world, and affairs, um, what we see as what we call our lives. So, back to the book on page one sixty one, he states, "It is your conscious presence that breaks the identification with the pain body. When you don't identify with it, the pain body can no longer control your thinking as." And so cannot renew itself anymore by feeding on your thoughts. Now, what this simply says is when you stop believing that these adverse states of consciousness are who you are, it stops feeding on you from the standpoint of this parasitic. Um, one of the definitions that Charles Fillmore uses for evil, I think, is is really, really powerful. If you have the book, The Revealing Word, which I think every New Thought student should have or metaphysical student, he says evil that which is not of God, unreality, error thought, a product of fallen human consciousness, negation. Then he says, evil is a parasite. It has no permanent life of itself. Its whole existence depends on the life it borrows from its parent. And when its connection with the parent is severed, nothing remains. In divine mind, there is no recognition of evil conditions. Such conditions have no basis of reality. They are conjurations of a false consciousness. Apparent evil is the result of ignorance, and when truth is presented, the error disappears. He says, there is but one presence and one power, God omnipotent, but man has the privilege and freedom of using this power as he will. When he misuses it, he brings about inharmonious conditions. These are called evil. Evil appears in the world because man is not in spiritual understanding. He has not learned that all is mind. Neither has he conformed to the law of mind with the result that 
inharmony appears in his body and affairs. He can do away with evil by learning rightly to use the one power. If there were a power of evil, it cannot be changed. So when we realize that it's parasitic and has no permanent life of itself, when, when you detach from these uh, roaring perceptions of and that show up as anger and frustration, and anxiety and fear and, and jealousy and all, you know, envy and all the other what we would call negative emotions uh, and perceptions and your story that goes along with those things, you disempower it because it's feeding off of the life. In other words, it's sort of like, um, you know, people who have um, um, sometimes these, you know, ulcers and I forgot what they call, you know, where they grow on the side of the body. You watch on the, you know, learning channel or the history channel and you see these people who have a cyst that's, 75 pounds that have grown out of their abdomen or whatever is because it in and of itself, it starts to feed itself. So it'll pull on your body and it'll kill the whole being just to survive. So next thing you know, and I've seen this several times on those shows where people have, you know, something in their leg or whatever, and it's 75, a hundred pounds or whatever. And it develops its own structure to, you know, arteries and veins and capillaries and, and, you know, cells that redirect blood flow and, and vitamins and minerals and other things that your body needs, your internal organs to live, it'll redirect it to that. Well, the same thing with, with this type of thought, adverse states of consciousness, the energy, the thought, feeling, belief, the mental energy that you need to succeed in life is draining it. And next thing you know, you're so caught up in your emotions and your beliefs and your paradigm and your context and uh, 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 of limitation and and, uh, and and a dualistic consciousness. In other words, God and instead of it's all God, that you're too tired to get w- what you deserve out of life because you're battling yourself. Every war in the Bible is a, is talking about the war that goes on within us. Over and over again, when we don't realize the truth about who we are. So, we're coming up on our first break. Let me remind you that you could go to www.cutemple.org, www.cutemple.org to get more information about Christ Universal Temple. You can also stop by my Facebook page, which is Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like the page, uh, let people know about it, share it, so we can help spread the word. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Unity Institute and Seminary invites you to take a spiritual tour of Eastern Europe. 
Spend 10 days and 9 nights in the heart of Europe, September 17th through the 26th, 2014. Visit the magnificent capitals of Eastern Europe, including Budapest, Vienna, and Prague. Stay in first-class hotels, enjoy guided walking tours, dine on local specialties, and even take a boat cruise on an underground lake. A portion of your trip will benefit Unity Institute and Seminary. Explore the culture, sights, and spirit of Eastern Europe with Unity Friends. Book your trip today. Call 800-828-4813. That's 800-828-4813. Or visit unityinstitute.org slash travel. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. We're teaching a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. I want to remind you that you can call into the show if you have some questions. Um, I believe the number, excuse me, I turned my page here, is 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. I would love to hear from you. It lets me know that you're out there, that you're listening, and that you're getting something from this. Um, give me a call. So, um, I want to, um, move on in the book and talk about how, you know, some of the things that he, that he mentions, he talks about people acting violently and some of the other things that go on, but, uh, page one, page 162. And again, we can't, um, um, teach everything, but I, I think that this is important. Uh, bottom of page 161, he says, the pain body in most cases does not dissolve immediately, but once you su- have severed the link between it and your thinking, the pain body begins to lose energy. Your thinking ceases to be clouded by emotion. Your present perceptions are no longer distorted by the past. The energy that was trapped in the pain body then changes its vibrational frequency and is transmuted into presence. In this way, the pain body becomes fuel for consciousness. This is why many of the wisest, most enlightened men and women on our planet once had a heavy pain body. In other words, they've overcame a lot in their own soul. So what they're simply saying is once you start recognizing that you are a spiritual being, not a uh, just a body that is temporarily here for a certain amount of years and only the things that are true or real is what the uh, the five senses can detect, uh, it gives you a heads up about how to handle life. Now. One of the things he talks about in the book is that regardless of what you say or do or face you sh- uh, face you show the world, your mental emotional state cannot be concealed. 
Every human being emanates an energy field that corresponds to his or her inner state. And most people can sense it, although they may feel someone else's energy emanation only subliminally. Now, what I want to say about that is, uh, in New Thought, some people call this radiation and attraction from the standpoint of that which you think, feel, believe, etc., say, radiates the energy. One of the definitions for thought is uh, that thought is a mental impulse or vibration. So, in other words, every time you think, every time you have a belief, which is a collection of thoughts around a thing, every time you have emotion, feelings, you're emanating uh, a vibration that that seeks and attracts like energy. So, uh, depending on your state of consciousness that you're functioning from, and you know, uh, which is an infinite amount of consciousness, levels of consciousness, because there's infinite amount of ways you can think, feel, believe, and speak, uh, will de- determine what type of energy goes before you to seek like energy and to bring like energy back into your experience. So, you know, this is why some people always find certain type of people, no matter where they go. You know, there are people who are always going to find the trouble, no matter where they are or who they're around. Because that's the energy that they emanate. There are going to be people who always find opportunity, prosperity, and well-being. Find the people that are helpful and resourceful and et cetera. Because that's the type of consciousness they emanate. Does that mean that 100 out of 100 this always happens? No. But the, the inevitable tendency is is uh, most people who are in certain levels of consciousness, where that's the, their paradigm, that's their context. As long as they stay within that context, they attract, they radiate, and attract like energy. So. If if you know, I used the example of uh, a, a radio station. You have a radio, and I know most people don't listen to the radio through a regular radio anymore. Most people use their internet, which is still the same system. If you have a radio and you have an antenna, you'll discover that the, the local radio stations are already in your space. They're already in your home. They're already in your workplace. They're already at your school. Uh, but not only do you have to have a receiver. You also have to be uh, have the radio tuned into that station. So if the ra- if so if you're listening to you know ninety nine point nine, as long as your radio is on ninety nine point nine, it'll pick up that signal. It, so and some people who are walking into experiences, whether they're job, school, family, whatever, and they are on a certain level of vibration, and they're thinking, feeling, beliefs, what they speak, etc., have a certain type of you know. Uh, you know, he calls it aura, and a lot of people call it aura. I'm just going to say that, that your state of consciousness uh, goes before you to prepare a place for you. And and so so some people walk into places and get unexpected blessings. Other people walk into places and they they meet unexpected discord. But when you have a consciousness full of discord, it has to meet somebody. If you have a consciousness full of conflict and and um, and you know uh, served him right and uh, and a whole bunch of you know just nonsense and drama, you got to meet drama somewhere. How can you have a consciousness of drama and never meet drama? It doesn't make sense. So 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 people have to, and if they don't meet it, they'll create it. Because consciousness has to fulfill itself. Now, let's get into this. How does this actually work? 
Um, and he talks about on page 163 and 164 about how people act, and, and he gives great examples uh, on page 164 of a lady getting caught up in her person, uh, so caught up in her emotions and pains and past and perceptions and not realizing what it is. Now, and he talks about it almost taking almost where there's the individual consciousness and then there's collective consciousness built around it. Um, Joe Goldsmith called it like a universal mesmerism. That you know that 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 human beings all within within a context basically unless they're pre- present to the presence of God within them live within this, a level of universal mesmerism that shows up as the limitation of the human experience. Um, you know Charles Fillmore called it race consciousness. Uh, if you you know you know when you look up the definition in the revealing word he calls it he says the human races form laws of physical birth and death laws of sickness and physical inability and he goes on and on and on the sum total of these laws form a race consciousness separate from it independent of creative mind when creative mind sought to help men spiritually the mind of flesh opposed it and made every effort to solve its problems in its own way and then he and he goes into uh, and the next definition, talking about race error and race minds, talking about the same thing. Erroneous race thoughts that bind mankind to sin, disease, poverty, war, calamity, and death. Race mind, the totality of beliefs, thoughts, memories, feelings, and experiences of the race. In other words, it is the collective consciousness of every person who's ever lived as a state of consciousness, good, bad, or indifferent. The people um, that, you know, that, that, we're all connected at a level that we don't realize, but if so, so people have swayed mentally by other people when their minds are not in control enough to make sure that they're dictating what they do and not just running on automatic, not based upon their own uh, individual paradigms. In other words, this is what I think, feel, and believe. This is my context. This is my belief. These are my states of consciousness that are based upon uh, the ego human personality sense consciousness stuff as opposed to making sure that we're in alignment with the truth of who we are, the Christ nature, the spiritual nature, the indwelling God, the truth, the authentic spiritual self. Therefore, when we don't realize who we are, we tend to just function on automatic. And that's what makes it crazy. We tend to just to function on automatic and that's problematic at many levels. Because the automatic doesn't promote your true spiritual nature. Because the the human consciousness is believes itself to as again H.M. Lakati says, yeah, every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. When you believe that, uh, inherently you sh- it has to have its own demonstrations. It has to have its own manifestations. You know it. Biblically, when you start talking about metaphysics, you start talking about this universal belief in negativity, uh, which is based upon separation, which is based upon duality thinking, which is based upon a belief that that there is God and something else. In other words, instead of God as um, um, it shows up as what the in biblical culture they called Satan or devil. Now, I don't believe in a being called the devil or Satan. I don't believe in a fight between a God and a devil literally for souls. I'm talking about adverse states of consciousness. I'm talking about consciousness, uh, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, uh, uh, ideals, and et cetera, that are inconsistent with the truth of who we are. 
Um, Charles Fillmore has a beautiful definition in the revealing word. He says um, he gives the Hebrew definition, which is liar in wait, an adversary, enemy, hater, accuser, opposer, contradictor. Then he says metaphysically, the deceiving phase of mind in man that has fixed ideas in opposition to truth. Satan, meaning, again, we're not talking about a being. We're talking about state of consciousness. Uh, in the context of Eckhart Tolle's pain body, Satan assumes various forms of man's consciousness, among which may be mentioned egotism, a puffing up of the personality, and the opposite of this, self-deprecation, which admits the accuser into consciousness. This accuser makes man believe that he is inherently evil. And so, so in other words, this, these type of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs are in opposition to the truth of who you are, and it shows up as the puffing up of the ego or the ego itself, the puffing up of the personality, or he calls it egotism, which is the same thing that Eckhart Tolle is saying. He wrote this probably 100 years ago, and he says in the opposite of that self-deprecation, in other words, when we start to devalue ourselves, you know, I tell people often in Christianity when they start talking about, you know, man is sinful and Jesus had to do this. And I said, well, you don't have to devalue yourself to promote Jesus. Jesus doesn't need you to devalue yourself. Um, realize who you are in God and you don't have to devalue yourself. So Fillmore goes on to say Satan is the devil. A state of mind, again, a state of mind, again, a state of mind formed by man's personal ideas of his power and completeness and sufficiency apart from God. Besides, at times, puffing up the personality, this satanic thought often turns about and, having tempted one to do evil, discourages the soul by accusing it of sin. Summed up, it is the state of mind in man that believes in its own sufficiency independent of its creative source. Rebell then he goes on to say rebellion against God under hard experiences is another form of this hater. The personality that disbelieves <clears throat> excuse me. The personality that disbelieves uh where am I hit in God and acknowledges no law that saves that say that of man is satanic. Let me read that again. This personality that disbelieves in God and acknowledges no law save that of man is satanic. In other words, it's fixed thoughts in opposition to truth. I want to make sure we get that. So, um, so he, then he quotes Jesus, where Jesus says, um, when the 70 returned saying, Lord, even the demons have subjected us into thy name. Jesus said, I beheld Satan falling as lightning from heaven. That's Luke chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. So he states, Heaven is conscious harmony. When this harmony is invaded by thought adverse to the divine law, there is Satan and war in heaven. When the Christ declares the truth, error thought falls away. That is, Satan falls from heaven as lightning. Now, so, uh, so, so he goes on to say to wrap it up that uh, that this st Satan, this negative state of mind, this adverse state of consciousness, this opposition thought this this awareness or, or belief uh in in the human ego's own self-sufficiency he says is the great universal negative whose power is derived from the unlawful expression of man's being all right so when you uh, so when you hear the fundamentalist you know the baptist the pentecostal the you know you know or even the catholic or whatever saying all oh, the devil's busy they're right but they're talking about their own thinking. 
They're not talking about something outside of themselves. And they're talking about the universal belief in duality. Not a being, because again, it's parasitic. So so what Tole is trying to do with this chapter, um, and I'm not teaching a lot of the words from the chapters, that's why I want you to read the book yourself, is to get people to realize that the way that you deal with it legitimately is through um, working with an understanding of truth. Now, now, so the question comes into play is, well, how do you overcome it? How do you work with it? How do you free yourself? Well, he talks about in the book is getting present, very present. Okay. I am, I am the truth of me is never ups, uh, upset. You know, of course, the miracle says I'm never upset for the reason I think. I love that quote because the moment I'm frustrated and mad or get, get upset or, you know, you know, you know, my, my manhood rises up. I have to remind myself, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm never upset for the reason I think. And this situation means nothing. It has only the meaning that I give it. I couldn't be offended unless there was something in me that could be offended. I couldn't be angry unless there was something in me that's angry. I couldn't be frustrated unless there's something within me that can be frustrated. Now, now th- th- this is hardcore truth. That that offense can only happen to a person who can be offended. Now, that doesn't mean that you allow yourself to be a doormat. That doesn't mean that you allow yourself people to say any type of thing that you disrespect you or any anything closely similar to that. What I'm saying is. You can handle all of those situations in truth without allowing the ego or the emotional pain, your backstory, and your past to dictate how you handle it. Jesus said to Pilate, Pilate metaphysically represents the aspect of the will that it doesn't follow, the personal will that does not follow spirit. And he said, you know, Pilate said to Jesus, don't you know I can do you know, I can free you or or, or or basically kill you. Your life is in my hands. Jesus said, you can have no power over me unless it's given to you by my father. Now, Jesus showed that it doesn't make a difference about what people think they can and cannot do to you. Are you walking your truth? Do I know the truth? Am I willing to stand on truth? That's how you free yourself. Whether and and even if you're working with your own children, when you pray and you do your prayer treatment and work with your children, and you and by the way, conversate with them, but are also holding a certain level of consciousness for them, seeing them surrounded and living in the presence and peace, love, harmony of God. What what you're doing is you're you're beholding. The Christ, instead of beholding the nonsense that the world tells you, you're supposed to see and believe and be fearful and all that other stuff. We've come up on our uh, coming up on our last break, so let me just say to you, we'll be right back. Call into the show if you have questions. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, 
Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, explains Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Bucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I also want to remind you that the Universal Foundation for Better Living is having its conference um, July 23rd through the 27th. You can get more information at www.ufbl.org. Um, it's in Chicago this year at the uh, McCormick Place Hyatt um, near downtown, and um, I'm one of the speakers. And you know, speakers like uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith and many others. 
trust me, it's going to be a powerful conference and you'll want to be a part of it. Go to www.ufbl.org, uh, get more information on it. Um, if, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you're not trying to stay at hotels and all that, contact the church, Christ Universal Temple, 773-568-2282. Uh, ask for the, um, about the Chicago packages for people who live in the city. All right. So we're going to now talk about breaking free and go into more detail. Now, Eckhart Tolle talks about several things. He gives several examples about people being present and, uh, and unhappy. And what I want to do is use the last part of the show to really kind of deal with how do you overcome it? Cause he talks about triggers. Um, the one thing that I do want to mention on page 177, because I think this is really important, and then I'm going to get into freedom. Um, he says um, some pain bodies react only to re- uh, some pain bodies react to only one particular kind of trigger or situation, which is usually that uh, one that resonates with a certain kind of emotional pain suffered in the past. And he gives examples of money and conflict and many other things that that you can be peaceful, loving, and whatever. But when this particular issue comes up, you really turn into another person. You know, you know, um, I've heard people tell, I, you know, you're not going to, you know, my mother went through that. I'm not going to ever deal with that. Or, you know, you know, I didn't have, you know, uh, money issues and all of a sudden people become aggressive or frustrating or whatever. Um, so every, so what, in other words, if you can be triggered, that tells you that you have a suppressed story and strong emotion around a particular issue. And anytime it's pushed, you will get a similar response. Um, learning how to free yourself from that is something else. The other thing that he, he states in this chapter, which is on page 180, which I think is really, really key, is he talks about the pain body is an awakener. In other words, you can only get go so far and stay in pain to where either the pain uh, completely breaks you down and makes you want to be free of the pain. You know, and, and um, New Thought, one of the things we teach people is that um, suffering doesn't bring you to God. Your desire to be free from suffering brings you to God. That people who are who are in churches, that are in learning institutes, that are in empowerment centers that are taking human potential seminars and motivational this and inspirational that self-help books cds downloads uh including shows like this because i really believe that people believe that they're supposed to live free that life doesn't supposed to work the way it's showing up so that's the desire because they're seeking answers because when you start to have pain and suffering, you start to start to look at life and say, wait a minute. It's supposed to be better than this. This can't be it. And I call it divine discontent. I picked that up from a book years ago that the divinity in you is saying enough is enough. And it seeks to rebalance itself. In the Noah's Ark story, biblically, that's, that story represents the law of, of, 
of man's or humanity's own being, the spirit of truth in you seeking to rebalance itself once the soul is gone so far out of alignment with truth that it'll seek to rebalance itself. The question is, will we allow it to happen? So going through stuff is not necessarily a bad thing. It can wake you up. Sometimes when you're content when things aren't that bad, you know, they talk about in with um, alcohol and uh, drug abuse that sometimes people have to hit rock bottom. As long as they can pretend that they can work, as long as they can pretend that they're sl- that that's functional or whatever, sometimes it might not be incentive. But when they lose everything and they got to be butt naked with themselves and God, it gives them an opportunity to say, I have to do something different. They can't continue to be this way. But until you have that butt naked moment, you'll continue to front and act phony and pretend everything is okay. All right. All right. So one other thing he says in the book, then I want to read something from Fillmore. He says on page 184, when you feel the pain body, don't fall into the error of thinking that there's something wrong with you. Making yourself into a problem, the ego loves that. The knowing needs to be followed by accepting. And uh, and what he starts, you know, and he starts talking about acceptance from the standpoint of recognizing what is. But then he shifts it and starts to make you realize that you're already whole. That you're whole, you're complete in God already. Nobody can add anything to you and nobody can take anything away. Now, so how do you work with the treatment? Uh, in the book, Teach Us to Pray by Charles and Cora Fillmore, on page 11, under the chapter, The God to Whom We Pray, kind of gives us an answer. He talks about, uh, first he gives a context. He says, creative mind, meaning God, is everywhere present, yet while it is within the mind of man, it lies beyond the consciousness of sense. So in other words, we it's within us, but we're so caught up in our sense consciousness, our human consciousness, our ego, as Tolace talks about pain, body, or whatever, that we don't recognize it. And he says, omnipresence is the spiritual realm that can be penetrated only through the most highly accelerated mind action known as in prayer. Thus, in unfolding this inner kingdom, we're dealing with a reality beyond the ordinary comprehension of man. So you're working with something beyond that. Then he says, man builds spiritual character. This is page 12. Man builds spiritual character by consciously functioning in God mind where laying hold of spiritual ideas through Christ, he realizes the truth that they contain, and he thus weaves them into his soul consciousness. They become a part of his very nature. So in other words, you start to eat or incorporate on ideas of truth, and what they and it starts to feed you instead of that negative emotion and fr- drama and trauma that you've been dealing with. Then he says, our most effective prayers are those in which we rise above all consciousness of time and space. In this state of mind, we automatically contact the spirit of God. This is what Tole means when he says, get present, get present, be in the presence. In other words, when you're in the now, you're not in the past, you're not in the future, you're not in time and space. Therefore, you can interact and work with your own true spiritual nature. So then he says on uh, page 17 on the true prayer, he says, the purpose of the silence, meaning that deeper meditation where you're receptive to spirit. The purpose of the silence is to still the activity of the individual thought so that the still small voice of God may be heard. 
for in the silent spirit speaks truth to us and just that truth of which we can stand in need. He says, prayer is man's steady effort to know God. He says, uh, and then he goes in and explains that. You can look more of that up on yourself. Then on page 19, he states, the word of prayer has in it a living seed that is bound to impregnate the soil of the mind and cause it to bring forth fruit after its kind. Oh, that is too powerful. Bring forth fruit. The word of prayer brings forth fruit after its own kind. It says through Christ, man has the power to realize that as I am or I am vitalizing health. He is the great central magnet functioning in omnipresence around which all the healing powers of spirit revolve so when you realize who you are in god as you you are uh, as reverend coleman would say an idea walking around in the mind of god that was her way of saying you live within all that is needed because you're an idea within the mind of god now so how do we work with it page 20 he says but the natural man can take a word of truth and through one pointed mind concentration can penetrate into the invisible can unite his consciousness with the mind of God and can hold a realizing prayer until the truth it contains is engrafted into his very soul. Now, so I'm going to take all of that, what I just read, and break it down into four things. One, study spiritual truth. You know, get material that will help you focus your mind on who you are in truth, not what the world says you are. All right? You know, I'm a New Thought minister, so obviously I'm going to promote New thought material. Um, I've covered a lot of material already, books in, in great detail. You can use any of those books and work with them. So study. And study could be reading it. Study could also be listening. Downloads like this or, or shows, um, you know, podcasts, et cetera, CDs. Listen to things that are in alignment with your spiritual nature. Pray. And not just prayer from the standpoint of, you know, begging and beseeching, but I'm talking about from the new thought perspective, we pray treatment. In your prayer, affirm the truth. Deny what is not true. So, you know, and so look up and learn how to pray in in alignment with the truth of who you are. You know, Lessons in Truth does a great job of talking about that in the chapters under the, the denial and affirmation. You can go back and listen to some previous podcasts where I teach it in great detail. Meditate. And this means, you know, learn to get still and be present. If you need to get some guided meditation, go on YouTube and find type in guided meditation. If you need to look up Kelly Howe information or Shakti Gawain or Wayne Dyer or Deepak Chopra, they're doing it for free on the Internet, Oprah and Deepak. But learn how to meditate because it gets you present and it learns you how to quiet those other thoughts so you can get present to your true nature and it equips you to be more powerful in your day and the last thing is practice that what you are studying praying about and meditating about put into practice because action does it until you put it into action it's only living at a certain level when you put it into action you put it at a different vibrational level so next we'll be with you next week with truth transforms where we run out of time god bless you love you all take care i'll be with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. 
Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. <laughs> 